I want to welcome you guys to today's podcast. I'm your host, uh, Johnny Sierra. Thank you for, for uh, just giving me a little bit of your time. Um, as you guys have seen, we have uh, continued our one-on-one series. Um, and, and basically, you know, if you've missed any series prior to it, just go ahead and check it out at johnnysierra.net. Uh, you'll be blessed. You'll be definitely find some great motivation in some of some of the stuff there. Um, today, we're continuing this. And I have a very dear, very dear special guest of mine um, that is very close to my heart. He is the owner of Pro Physique. He is uh, an NGA pro, uh, also an IFPA uh, bodybuilding pro. He's a father. He's a great friend of mine uh, and many more accolades, too, that we'll get to to find out from him. But um, I introduce you guys to to Paul Ravella. How's it going, Paul? How's everything going for you, man? Well, thank you for the warm introduction. Uh, the feelings are very mutual. We can hug it out next time I see you. But yeah, I'm, everything's good, man. Everything's good. That's awesome. How's South 2017 been for you, brother? Uh, you know, I, I think I can safely say the last three or four years have been the best year of my life. Like, the, you know, this. so this year is on track to be the best year of my life. You know, it's just like, I think I finally found my groove, my passion, my... Um, you know, just there's just so many things going on, which I, you know, thinking back to when I was in my 20s, I did not think at 41, I would be like the happiest I've ever been. I probably thought I was about to ready to retire, you know, so <laughs> it's been a good year. Yeah. That's awesome, man. A lot of people I've been interviewing, it's just been a very great year for people. And uh, it's great to see that in, in your side of things, man. Um, I, I definitely, you know, I wanted to have you here. Because, uh, you know, in this series, we're interviewing different individuals that, that are making a significant and great impact in their fields and industries. And, 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 and I believe, you know, the areas that has been uh, destined for them, uh, you know, where they're really finding their sweet spot, you know, they, and they've run with it. Um, but, we, you know, in this interview series, I, I just don't want to do your traditional interview style, format, whatever, I, I want to just dig in deep, unpack a little bit of your life, unpack some of the stuff that maybe people might not know of your journey and, and kind of, you know, really get to hear your story uh, yeah. and the process behind it. So, um, you know, with all of this said, it, it would be nice to have a you know formula for everyone to follow and kind of obtain that same success and achievement that you have. But we all know that um, that the makeup of life is not that way. Each person has their path. So um, I want to tap into that unique side of your path and kind of see and shine some light on that. And hopefully somebody can leave out of this with some some great insight and something to help them build for uh, for a better life. So um, just tell us, man, tell uh, the listeners a little bit about yourself. Where were you born? Uh, where do you currently reside? Um, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, that's a funny question. Nobody actually asks me where I was born um, because I moved to Florida when I was three months old. So I've only ever, you know, been associated with Florida. So my parents were both Marines. So Mm -hmm. I was born in a small town called Albany, Georgia. Um, My parents both got out of the the Marines shortly after I was born and moved to Clearwater, Florida, where my dad went on to get his uh, associate's degree, and he actually got a uh, master's degree, which is something I didn't know for years. My dad never told me he had a master's degree. He he teaches. He used to substitute teach uh, history at uh, like schools. One day it dawned on me. I was like, Dad, how do you teach? He's like, he told me he had a master's degree. I was like, what the heck? So, you know, but but his profession was he um, got into the fire academy and was a 
Clearwater firefighter for 29 years. Wow. Yeah, so that childhood for me was Clearwater. I grew up in Clearwater, Florida. I probably swam before I could walk. You know, I grew up, I have pictures of me as like a six-month-old laying on the beach, you know. So I definitely grew up on that Florida lifestyle. And, um, you know, with, with a father who was a firefighter, which for those that don't know, he was, he was very present in my life because of his, um, his job. You know, he works, I think it's going to sound funny, but he works nine days out of the month. So, but he would work 24 hour shifts. So when he was gone, he was gone. But when he was home, he was home for two, three, four days at a time. Right. So it was very, I think, I, I, you know, l- looking at other people's lives and I think I had a very blessed childhood, you know, uh, definitely middle yeah. class, never wanted for anything, um, you know, vacations, you know, we didn't have a lavish lifestyle by any means, you know, apartments and condos. And, and eventually my dad was a homeowner, but yeah, I, uh, I had friends, I had up learning Greek, speaking Greek with my friends, um, and all through high school. So yeah, graduated high school in 1993. And then I went off to college to Georgia to play baseball. So yeah, born in Albany, raised in Florida, college in Georgia. And then, uh, now I'm just Mr. <laughs> Worldwide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got it. <laughs> that's something I didn't know as well, man. That's 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 wow. That's great stuff. We we um we met back in uh, about 2012. I was kind of looking back yep. and back I remember the day. and emails and stuff. Yeah, and and so if you guys don't know, uh, you know, uh, I give you a little back end history of me and Paul. I met him back in mid 2012 at uh, LA Fitness, um, if I recall, and. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I initially didn't know too much about him. Um, actually, I was given references about him or heard about him through some some other friends, mutual friends. Uh, but I knew you could tell he was just a competitor, and you know the level of training and intensity that he had in the gym was just a very very different from your unique um, individual that just goes there. Um, so I remember at that time you were training uh, Daniel Burzon. Um, oh yeah, at yeah. that time, yeah, yeah. you remember that, and mm-hmm. yeah, um, big Dan, ended up big strong me, kid, man. Yeah, yeah, you were doing like this, you know, kind of getting things jump started. I don't even know how long before that you were, you know, really doing your thing with it, but I know he was one of your one of the original as well, and he really he ended up telling me about you because I I already I was on my second coach, and I um. I was just, I had the tenacity, man, the intensity to really, really dial things in and just, uh, you know, the competitive side to really get uh, connected with the right people. So uh, they told me you had connections with Lane right away, you know, sparks flew for me because I, Lane had, has just a great, great, um, he just, he's known in the industry as a, has a great um, yeah. reputation in the industry. So right away, I'm like, this guy has connections and it's got to be good. It's got to be good quality. So we, we hit it off. I sent you an email in December. Uh, and brother, that's, that's kind of been, uh, the rest is history. You know, we did a full year of all season. We ran right into our, uh, to 2013 year, um, kind of on a, you know, winning streak in a sense, you know, got the, an NGA pro card. If you guys don't know, it's, it's, uh, an organization, uh, won my pro status there, DFAC status. That's another organization. So since then a lot has happened for you, we've stayed connected. Uh, and I have been following a lot of what you've been doing. And, and, and so, um, you know, tell us a little bit about your background, on, you know, 
at that two, in that 2012, 11, I don't even know when you guys really jump started, but tell us about that. And, 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 and even before that, what were you doing before pro physique? Uh, before pro physique, I was working full time in a career that I actually really loved uh, information technology. So I was managing uh, computer networks, databases, you know, desktop support, basically like, you know, I was around for like the dawn of the information technology age where people went from working on paper and pencil, which the people are probably going to laugh at that, but you know, to when the computer became the primary, um, you know, tool at work, you know, and so people's desks, when I first started working, didn't have computers on them. They, no one had a computer. That was a weird thing. Like maybe the CEO wow. had a computer, right? Um, so I was around for the transition where we went into that. And so I was learning about how to network computers because you go from having an office with no computers to a thousand computers. Well, how does all that information stay connected? You know, and these were all burgeoning career fields. Um, and so I got really lucky that I got involved in information technology at the right time because I loved it. And so, yeah, I was working in information technology. I had a real cushy job in Orlando and it afforded me um, a nice salary, a nice life. And that's when I started pursuing my hobbies, my, my passion projects, which was lifting weights and putting on muscle. And that's when I found Lane Norton. And when I found Lane, I, uh, I found out about a video series he did about natural bodybuilding. I said, well, that's something I could actually see myself doing. And that was 2008. And in 2008, um, I prepped for a show, did my first show in Orlando. And it was an NPC show. I did the novice class. I actually won the novice class. And I thought, um, all right, well, what's next? And I think that's kind of the, um, the theme for everything I do is the what's next. I'm always, you know, this is something I've learned about myself. And, and now I can appreciate it. But it, it, it used to seem like a bad trait to myself. And now I just appreciate it about myself is that I'm always like, okay, this is where months later. And uh, I told Lane, like, what do I got to do? And he said, kid, bring up the arms, bring up the back. <laughs> and, um, yeah. you know, because I'm, I'm a tall guy and I'm rather lanky. So um, that was the fire. The fire was lit. I was like, okay, I'm a, I went to the show. It was in November and I watched it and I said, all right, I'm coming back next year and I'm winning the show. And it was that kind of um, focus that gave me the whole year for excitement. I stopped playing softball. I stopped playing volleyball. I stopped going out drinking three nights a week. I stopped, you know, I stopped doing a lot of the things that were not going to benefit me. Um, I still kept my social life. I still had my friends. I just, when I would go out, I would drink sugar-free Red Bull instead of, you know, six shots of whiskey or whatever it was. So, you know, it, it was definitely a change in my life. And um, at that same time, I went back to grad school and started working on my master's degree. So there was just a lot of good things going on in my life at that time, like um, a lot of good transitions. And so the next year, sure enough, fortunate enough, got in good enough shape, won my class against a really good bodybuilder who's a pro now, Shane Tarbox, who you know. Um, yeah. So I be, And then in the overall, I won, I beat against a guy named Stephen Chip who turned pro at the next show. So, um, you know, it was, it was a show where I actually had to, you know, put in some work and win. And, um, for that reason, I, I it was, oh, I, was I, didn't, I didn't know you faced Shane. I didn't know you faced Shane and then you ended up coaching him to get his, hit his pro card. Yeah. He actually turned pro with that's me. Hilarious. That's, that's awesome, dude. That's, that's, that's phenomenal. Yeah. How things he's, turn a, like that. he's a very gifted bodybuilder. I wouldn't want to face him at his best because he is very, very no. quick and freaky. Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah, that was the beginning of the journey. And I, it was about that time that Lane was like, Hey man, you're, you, you ask a lot of questions and, and me and Lane started a friendship. He had moved to Tampa in 2010 and, um, I had met him at the Arnold and, you know, him and his wife moved down. So it was like this 
you know, it was, he was like, Hey, you should try coaching. And I thought that's ridiculous. Why would I coach people? I, I, I have a career. I didn't want to coach people. So it was a very slow transition into this, the, the career that I do now, but it was, um, it was almost just a continuation of everything. So once I turned pro, it was like, okay, what's next? Right. As I said, that's going to be the theme. <laughs> and, um, I decided to take two years off, get into some powerlifting. I needed to add some dense muscle and I decided I would compete in 2012. And that's about the time we met because I remember our meeting for a very specific reason. The day before I had put out my first ever YouTube vlog. So I had done some YouTube videos where I was just like documenting things, but I had never done a vlog about my life. And I, I did vlog episode one. This is me. I'm Paul Ravella. I'm in contest prep. I do this. I, you know, here's where I pose. Here's what I eat. And the next day you came up to me in the gym and said, Hey man, I really liked that vlog you did. That was really cool. And that's, <laughs> No, like I, I seriously, people always ask me like, you know, what got you doing YouTube videos? And it was that, that thing that clicked for me was like, wow, someone likes this. Cause it feels very weird and it can feel disingenuous to put your life on the internet, right? Like who the hell am I to talk about me? You know, it's, I'm not a part of the me generation. I'm a part of like the nineties generation, you know? So, um, it was very odd to me and, and, and it was like that kind of thing, like getting some feedback from you and then maybe someone else. And then that's kind of built the momentum for why I feel a little bit more confident putting out information and about myself and stuff. So yeah, that, that's kind of where we met. I was in that process of like, okay, I had a turned pro and I was scared, scared to death to get on the pro stage after seeing what, you know, the pros look like. And so I was in the process of prepping, you know, I was trying to bring a, a really insane package. And I remember seeing you walking around the gym with all this muscle. And I'm like, who the hell is this guy, man? There I am. He's 10 years younger than me. I'm busting my butt and he's got more muscle and he's leaner. He's better looking. <laughs> Son of a gun. So yeah, those are the good old days. Yeah. I love that LA fitness, man. That was a good LA fitness. That was a good, good training ground, man. I, I, uh, I missed that place a little bit, you know, things have changed a lot, but, um, that's cool, man. You know, it's, it's, it's just funny how you just meet people, you connect, man, and you don't even know how big things are going to get, man, until you just honestly take a, take a chance with each other. And that's kind of what we did. And, and you've done that for a lot of different individuals, uh, just go and what do you, what is pro physique? So talk to us, uh, somebody tuning in, listening, they don't know anything we're chatting about right now. Just go into yeah. detail and just t tell them what, what, what your business is and what do you do? Uh, so pro physique is a coaching service. So I provide nutrition training and uh, I would argue a lot of psychological uh, coaching for those people that are interested in changing their their lives. They have goals of either getting leaner. I've coached people to do powerlifting meets. Um, you know, so what, whatever your goal is, I, I probably can get you there. I'm not a CrossFit coach. I'm not an Olympic weightlifting coach. There are some things that I kind of steer clear of, but I've even prepped people for their weddings. You know, so whatever it is, um, if it fits into my kind of, uh, you know, genre, I will, I will help people there. So what pro physique was, was when I started coaching, when I started the business, I thought, you know, I wanted to prevent, 
pr- present myself very professionally. And then the name pro physique actually came from the fact that I had turned pro. So that's why I got the word pro from. And the word physique to me just kind of encompassed, encompassed everybody in the world, right? It didn't, there's no one that doesn't know what the word physique means or, or it kind of implies something. I didn't want to like eliminate like 50% of the population by having like a name that was like bodybuilder centric or um, it yeah. implied that I only worked with competitors. So the word pro physique um, to me just kind of encompasses like you can have a pro physique, whatever that means to you. And so I just kind of built it on that message. And, um, you know, I try to do the best I can to continue my education, to learn more, to provide the best support. You know, I do a lot of YouTube content. Um, I don't write articles anymore, but I used to do a lot of that. So, um, I have someone now who works for me who writes articles and, um, you know, I'm redoing my website. So I'm going to be putting out more content. And it's for me at this point, you know, I've, I've had plenty of clients. I love my clients. I'm very selective at this stage, but it's for me, it's about putting out content to help as many people as possible. And, um, mm-hmm. that just makes me feel good and sleep well at night, knowing that I'm doing the best I can to provide the best information. Um, because there's so much information out there, you can kind of get lost. And when you can find a culture or a group of people that you, you connect with, then you can build that trust and you can start to provide um, good information and build good habits and hopefully, you know, build, you know, good life balance with, you know, nutrition, training, um, whatever your goals may be. That's, that's really my goal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, what's been your target audience right now or like the, your most popular demographic of people um, that maybe has surprised you? Um, or, or just as overwhelmingly just taken a lot of your, your, your most portion of your services, like what, what has been the, the most, uh, the most side, most demographic side, uh, that has done that. Yeah, for you de- definitely. Best. 100%. It would be the female population. Um, you know, when I first got into coaching, most of my clients were males. Um, I think cause I came from a bodybuilding background and that's how I kind of was known. But gradually as I got a female client who was happy and then she told her friends and then she told her friends, I think females, what, what I believe to be true and no offense, or, you know, I, I don't, this isn't something that I'm uh, beholden to, but it just seems like females, when they're happy, they tell their friends, they tell their family. Whereas if if I have a really good uh, client who's a bodybuilder and he's a man, kind of keeps that to himself. He's not like telling everybody who his coach is. It just seems like a, so I just seem like my female clientele grew quickly. And, um, and so now I'm, coaching a lot of very high level bikini competitors and figure competitors, um, even at the national level. And I just had a girl turn an IFBB pro last week. So yeah, it's definitely become the female physique athlete that is starting to dominate my, um, my coaching services, but I still love natural bodybuilders and I still love lifestyle clients. It's just, I feel like there's a common theme amongst people that tend to compete and that's that they have that goal. And when you have a competition date, there's no moving that date. So, you know, when, when your lifestyle goal is to lose a few pounds, Hey, yeah, something came up. I missed my plan this week. When you got a competition date, nothing comes up. It's your priority. Um, you make it, yeah. you make it happen. And so I think that's been very good for me. Um, and understanding that, you know, having people with very clear goals has, has, has made my job uh, a lot more enjoyable because I, I like yeah. to be able to push people who, who want to be pushed. And so, yeah, I yeah. think, yeah. you know, right now it would definitely be the female physique client. 
Yeah, and like you said, man, I mean, I think somebody coming in already with a set goal, you said it, man, it makes your job easy. If anything, you're trying to step it up a notch and really uh, dig deep. Almost, uh, you almost, you know, as you get closer to competition, you begin to reaffirm them and and, um, to remind them of what they're their beginning goal was, you know what I mean? So that you're, you're kind of like that, um, that counselor, you know, and just really keeping them in check, reminding them. I've done it with the best intentions that I want to do better by them. And so, um, yeah, that's my goal is just to continue to improve as a coach. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. And I'm sure it just, you just get amped up, man. When you see, your, your, your people excited, man. And, and just oh, it's, them it's way more, it's, you know, you know, as someone who's been on stage and watched people on stage, for me, it's way more intense watching a client or a friend on stage than myself being on stage. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. What, um, what's a typical day look like for you, Paul, as a coach, I'm sure people know what you do. How does, you know, what does a typical day look like for you nowadays? Oh man, my, my day, I got a three-year-old, so you know what that dad life's like. Um, yeah. I, I won't compare it to your life cause you've got like 19 <laughs> kids now. So you've got the twins No, But, um, yeah, so I, I'm not pretty much a night out and my, my wife is, um, is amazing because she, she really gets me and allows me to work in the most efficient way possible for me. So I work in blocks of time. Um, I get up usually around 9 a.m., which is pretty late, but you'll hear the rest of the story. So I get up around 9 a.m., I make my breakfast, I grab some coffee, say hi to the family. They're either off at the gym or playing in the playroom. And then I'm, I'm down in the office working and I try to get through you know, most of my emails, you know, check with clients, whatever project I got going on. I got the bodybuilding show in November. I got the camp coming up in October, you know, so there's always like things to take care of. So I just get on the email and I work for a couple hours. And then, um, once I can take a break, I do, I take a break and go hang out with, with the family if they're home, or maybe that's my time to go to the gym, or maybe it's time to do a podcast like right now. Uh, I also need to get out content. I do daily YouTube content. So it's pretty structured in that regard. And then once I come home from the gym, um, you know, if I can get some work done, I will. But I like to spend, you know, roughly from like 5 to 10 p.m. is family time for me. That's, you know, that's uh, playing with my son Sloan or we jump in the pool or, um, you know, we'll cook dinner together. We'll eat dinner. Then it's time for, you know, Sloan's bath and bedtime. And then I usually am the one to put him to bed when I'm home. So, you know, up until you know, eight o'clock when Sloan goes to bed, it's Sloan time. And then once my uh, son goes to bed, me and my wife will put on some ridiculous TV show to watch for an hour together. Um, that's kind of our time to unwind. I mean, we watch the bachelorette and we watch, uh, you know, million dollar listing, you know, so we got, we got our silly shows that we like, but that hour is pretty much just for us to like, you know, catch up and connect, um, by ourselves. And then I usually go back to work about nine thirty, and I'll usually stay in the office till two, two thirty, working. Um, just that's when I get my groove. I, you know, the world kind of tunes out at that time and I can just, I can just, focus on really getting a lot done in that time frame. There's no one bothering me, not as many people at least. So it's, um, yeah. you know, that's my typical day. I, it's, I really, really enjoy it. I, I can't wait to get up in the morning. Um, as soon as I wake up, I almost don't want to eat. I want to go check my emails. I want to see how everyone's doing. And, um, so, you know, I, I'm, this is a very, yeah. I'm in a very good like rhythm right now. 
that's that's phenomenal, man, to just see when you're in the pocket in your life and you're in the rhythm of your life and you're you're where you're supposed to be. It's it's not even work, man. It's it's I'm sure you're at the point now. It's 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 not even work for you. You know, you you're just it's soul enjoyment. It's so like I'm sure. I mean, uh, yeah, talk to us about that mindset, man. Like, you know, how how I mean, it's just just hearing you say, you know, you, you after you know so many years of doing this that you still have the fire and the passion to to check those emails to check up with clients like what what keeps all that going for you yeah the biggest thing i would say is it's purely fear driven if that makes any sense like i have a fear of failing my clients i have a fear of failing my family i have a fear of um the one thing about owning your own business johnny is i am constantly like there's no one paying me a paycheck i don't go to the, you know, go to the work and get a check every week. It's whatever I put in, I get out of it. So the nice thing about that is I've been doing this long enough where I, the fear is a lot less, um, still drives me a little bit, but now it's mostly, um, I, I do it out of, you know, I, I've built this business and this brand and now I get to do a lot of the things that I want to do. I get to travel. I get to go to shows. I get to be a part of more people's journeys. So for me, um, you know, the, the tasks that I have to do day to day are things that I consider I get to do because I've worked, I had to be doing something. I could never just be sitting around the house. Um, and so I've always worked. So yeah, I think for me having my own business, the one, one really nice perk of having your own business is you get to, you get to sow what you reap. You, the more you put in, the more you get out. Whereas a lot of times, if you have a job, you can put in that extra 10%, that extra day of work, you might not get anything out of it. You know, maybe you will, maybe you won't. But when you, when you work for yourself, every single thing you do, um, you get a benefit. And, and to me, there's, there's unlimited amount of things I could do. I, I, I have never been bored since I started my business, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's phenomenal. So in saying that, like, where is pro physique right now? Like what, um, and going into detail in that question, like where, where, how far do your, your clients, how, how far of a demographic are they in? What's the estimated, your estimated client count? Like well, where, how, how, how big has it been built? How, how big is it right now? How, how big is pro physique right now? Yeah. Pro physique is beyond my wildest dreams at this point. I'm basically, um, full of clients. The only clients I'm accepting right now, um, I have hired an administrative person. So I have someone that now screens all my clients, which sounds crazy to me because this was only in the last few months. It's pretty recent. Um, because what happened was I, I was like, okay, I'm too full. I can't take on any clients. And then I would get a questionnaire and someone would be like, really want to work with me. And I'd be like, all right, I'll, I'll take one more, you know, and that would kind of happen over and over. And I kind of reached a breaking point. So now I have, um, Karina who does all that for me. She filters and I basically work through attrition. So like, you know, if I have some competitors or seasons are over or someone reaches a goal, you know, that's when I'll say, Karina, okay, I'm, I'm ready to work with someone. Um, but it's grown to the point now. The really cool thing is I hired a coach. So I have a full-time coach that works for me. He quit his job. He works for me as a coach. So he's uh, taking on a lot of the clients that I'm unable to accept right now. 
Um, he is getting his master's degree in exercise science at the University of South Florida. I took classes with him. We we hit it off. He's definitely got the uh, the the bro background of competing and lifting, but he's also very um, intelligent. He helped me study for a lot of my exams, and I, I I appreciated that about him. He worked for me for a year as an intern. So that's the next step in pro physique is okay. I have a coach now, and I could see myself potentially hiring another coach, or who knows how far that will go because, you know. The, the the growing of the brand or the putting out of the information, what I find is the more information I put out, the more people are interested in getting information from me and possibly paying for it, right? So it's not my goal to make everyone a client. My goal is to put out a lot of information. But with that said, that's kind of how the brand has grown um, to this point where I actually have a couple employees. And as you know, I work with Lauren Conlon. She's a partner of mine. We just started a podcast. And... So that's only going to continue yeah, to grow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to talk to you about that a little bit. Yeah. So that's but where I'm at right now. Down. You know, I, I, I'm definitely, um, you know, I don't have a set number of clients that I work with or don't work with. I basically set my work schedule up so that when I feel comfortable, um, that's how many clients I have. I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm at the point now where I don't, I don't need another client. But I'm looking for the right client, if that makes sense. Whereas with Steven, yeah. you know, he's got a lot more freedom. He's uh, he's available, so and he's qualified, and he works here with me. He literally comes into the office a couple of days a week, and we go over clients. And, you know, he'll say, oh, this girl's in prep. What do you think? And so um, I'm able to oversee him and make sure that they're getting, you know, the quality of coaching that, that I would want him to do. And um, that's kind of where I see Pro Physique going is just continuing to provide information um, and you know, I, I don't know what's next. I've got a little couple irons in the fire that I, I can't really talk about, but there's some cool things that's going to be coming out in the next year. That's, that's, that's awesome, man. And, you know, talk to us a little bit, Paul, about the process of getting this started, because I'm sure you had some, there was some mental blocks, you know, there was some, maybe some other blocks in the way of you just really putting this thing out there and really getting it started. What, what was your biggest obstacle and, or hurdle in starting the business? And, and what, and second question with that is what's been your biggest obstacle or hurdle in maintaining the business? The biggest hurdle was no doubt was with the business was just that first client because I was scared as a coach. I, I was afraid I would be a bad coach. I was afraid I wouldn't provide good information. I wouldn't know what to do. So as much as Lane would say, Hey, like, Hey man, I'm getting a lot of client requests. You should coach. You should coach. I, I was resistant to it for, for a very long time. The, the turning point for me was when Lane said, I have a client, I'm eating, you know, he had concerns. And of course the bro's response was, well, you're a terrible client. You're fired and I'm keeping your money. And, uh, the kid was a minor and his mother got on the phone and he said, your son's a loser and <laughs> he's fired. Wow. and kept the money and they were not in a position where, you know, that was something that they could swallow and hire another coach. So he reached out to Lane, told the story and Lane said, Hey, listen, I've got this kid. You, you got, you know, just help him. And I said, well, you know what? There's nothing to lose. He can't afford me because I don't cost anything, but he doesn't have any money. And B without me, he's going to have no coach. So I will coach him for free that way. Like I feel good about the process because you know, like, you know, as a coach, accepting money is basically someone, paying you for your skills. And I was not confident in my skills. 
So mm-hmm. he, he ended up working with me. We did some shows in Florida. He won his novice class. He won a um, teen class. He won a couple shows. You know, he won his class at a couple shows. Was very happy. So much to the point when he met me at the Ormond Beach show, he uh, he gave me a card. You know, thanking me. And his mom gave me a hug and just wanted to say how much I had like restored their faith and like bodybuilding and the pro. You know, and um and and it. And my wife was there and it just made, it made me feel good. I was like, wow, like I didn't think of coaching like this. I thought of it like, you know, I, I just didn't associate this enjoyment and, uh, yeah. the flip switched. My wife said, well, maybe you should be a coach. And I thought, well, maybe I should start. And, uh, lo and behold, I got home. The card they gave me had $350 in it. And my wife said, I'm going to take this money. I'm going to open up your, your business. So we went on, you know, the website, got the business name, did all that stuff. And I was technically a business, you know, shortly after that. Um, I think that was 2013. Yeah. 2012. I'm sorry. Amazing. Yeah. That, that was Josh Dudek, who, you know, um, oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow. That's phenomenal. Yeah. And Josh who went on to, you know, he's a, co- you know, he does some coaching himself. Now he went to university of Tampa, studied exercise science. So yeah, he, you know, it, it, that he was the one that turned the corner for me. So that, that first one was definitely the toughest. Now the toughest part for me for going and making this a career was the fact that I already had a career. So I had gone to school. I had a bachelor's degree. I had a master's degree. I had, you know, I had technical certifications. You know, I saw myself for a long time becoming the uh, chief information officer for a company, which if you're not familiar with like a CIO, it's like the CEO, but they manage all the technical aspects of a company, you know, and they're, you know, the guys that work for fortune 500 companies make, you know, four or $500,000 a year, you know, the fancy lifestyle. Um, That's kind of where I saw myself going. You know, I, I saw that playing out over the next, you know, decade. Um, And so when my coaching business started out earning my job, I had a real problem because how do I justify sitting at a desk for 40 hours a week when I'm making more money on my computer, you know, not going to work. Right. So, um, but again, I'm very pragmatic. I didn't, I didn't just quit my job right then. You know, I kind of started paying attention, um, to the trend that was happening and what I needed to do for that to continue. And then it just so happened, like, you know, sometimes life gives you a door you can walk through my life. My wife got a big job promotion. So she worked for Chase at the time in Orlando. She was a, a manager for a branch. Well, they liked her so much. They said, listen, we want you to be a regional manager, which was a big pay increase. Um, you know, like almost double her salary with bonuses and all this fancy stuff. And, um, the only caveat was that we had to move to Jacksonville. So it was right around this time that, you know, pro physique was starting to do well. And, uh, I said, you know what, let's, let's take a leap of faith. I'll quit my job. I put in like a two week notice, um, moved up to Jacksonville right then my wife got pregnant. So we had just gotten married. She got pregnant, you know, so now I'm working from home with a pregnant wife who's, you know, working. So I literally had a lot of free time. So I just put a lot of effort into the business. And that's, that was the biggest hurdle for me was leaving a job that I loved for a job that, I loved even more, you know, it was still very difficult for me as someone who always had that nine to five, always had that paycheck to take that away. Um, obviously we put a lot of money away. We got rid of our bills. Misty had a big raise, you know, but you know, I had a family coming and stuff. So there was all these concerns, but that was the hardest part for me for sure. How did it look like a talk to us a little bit more in depth? Like, because you loved your, you loved your career. But then you were blossoming in this other aspect in your life, on this other hobby. How were you able to balance both? You know, did you 
it's, what was, was that uh, yeah, on and off? That's a good question. You just, and and, and it depends a lot on the career that you're balancing. So I don't know, you know, other people that are in the situation that they love their hobbies and they want to make it their career. For me, and I might literally work three hours a week. Sounds ridiculous, but you're paid for your skills, for the confidence the company has in you. Like, you know, there can be zero downtime with servers and computers, you know, like for people that are important. So you're basically there to support them. So it just yeah. lended itself. I was literally on a computer all day. So if you sent me an email and said, hey, I'm interested in working with you, bam, you got a reply back within minutes. Um, <laughs> no, I, I'm, uh, that's literally what happened. And I would get a, I would honestly get people go, holy crap, my coach doesn't reply for three days. And I'd be like, three days? Who doesn't answer their email? You know, like, so I immediately got a reputation as someone who's very um, on top of their clients and very in touch and very responsive. And that was, um, that turned out to be very valuable. You know, that was something that a lot of, a lot of the people that I think were transitioning into coaching online clients were successful, like uh, bodybuilders and stuff like that. They didn't necessarily have that skill set. Wow. So I, I was, I, I mean, just became I known the, for that. That's, that's the biggest thing I think many people face is, uh, you know, yeah, they, you know, they, they have a, you know, they have their career and obviously that's their safety net and they have their passions and, and something that maybe they, they would love to see doing in the next few years to, to become their, their career and their life. But it's, it's, it's still, you know, not being, uh, so caught up with the dream that you're, you're, you're losing focus on your responsibility and being able to kind of have an off on and off switch, you know, and turning it on when you need to, um, you know, after when I get home or families put in bed, turning it on and going from there and that little span of break, uh, and then turning it off when you need to handle responsibilities or, you know, so I think people have a very challenging or they, they're, they're faced with challenges and trying to balance that as they're building it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think the one thing that I learned early on was, you know, I think when I was young, I would see successful people and think that they were lucky. I would say, oh, well, you know, they're very successful. They, they got lucky with their parents. They got lucky with their job. But what you learn later on and what I know now is no one's lucky. No one that's successful on their own is lucky. Um, Lucky people are going to night school. Lucky people are getting up before you and getting work done. Lucky people are skipping out on fantasy football and softball leagues and instead are going to networking events or being a part of a culture that they want to grow inside of. So I no longer use that word luck. Now I look for ways that I want to improve. And oftentimes that's going to be something that means I have to miss watching the Super Bowl or, you know, going to uh, an event that I would have gone to in the past. But sacrificing in the short term for long term benefit is something that has made it the biggest difference in my life. That's that's phenomenal, man. That's people pay to hear that, bro. So uh, just if you're hearing this, uh, be thankful that uh, this is free content for you. <laughs> um, I, you travel a lot, Paul. So talk to us. You've been in different parts of the country and the, even in the world. Yeah. What are the trends? Tell us a little bit about what the trends are. What are the waves right now that you're seeing uh, at the moment in the industry? What's changing that you've noticed over the past several years uh, in the industry? Yeah, I think the biggest change in the last several years is the supplement industry. 
the supplement industry five, maybe even less, five, five, six years ago was, you know, 10 or 20 huge companies that managed all the athletes. You had the muscle techs, you had the EAS, you know, and now it seems like the supplement industry has gone micro. So sometimes people that don't even have a huge following will have their own brand, their own supplements, right? So I feel like the biggest shift right now um, is that the power in the business is no longer in the supplement industry. It's no longer in the magazines. It's in the, the, the individual's social media, their ability to have a following and engage people. When you go to, uh, you know, you, you were at the Olympia last year, I remember, right? So, um, you know, when I first used to go to these events, there would be a line out the door for Jay Cutler, for Ronnie Coleman, for Dexter Jackson, for, you know, insert, you know, new bodybuilder that everyone wants to meet. Now, when you go to these things, Jay Cutler still has a line, not as long. Ronnie Coleman has a line, but anybody below that, there's no line for them. The lines are for the biggest names, the, you know, the fasting twins, the Christian Guzman, the Max Tuning, um, you know, the people with the big social media followings, you know, like Mark Lobliner has a pretty big line, you know, um, you know, I noticed even Lane, you know, still has a pretty big line, like people that are putting out content and being a part of other people's journeys, that's these kind of like industry giants that kind of held the keys and you had to get in with them to be successful. Yeah. Yeah. And and as you as you said, man, I mean, these people are getting, they're taking time to be to be in people's lives. They're taking time to help people. You know, back then it was just a matter of you you're in the magazine and and that's good enough. You know what I mean? And now it's it's not about that anymore. Now it's how can I relate with you? What impact have you made with me personally? Uh, things like that, man. And I think social media is evolving and giving everyone that ability and that platform. If you have a, the right message and, and, and you have the right information, you can make an impact and really reach a lot of people without even having, you know, uh, the crazy accolades or, or any of that type of stuff, you know? Well, I think the the fact is there's no longer a cost of entry. So in the past, if you wanted to put out a magazine, you had to, you know, put up thousands of dollars to get a magazine created. If you wanted to put a video uh, together, you had to know how to do video editing and have a camera. I mean, now the cost of entry for this stuff is zero dollars. You can literally, with an iPhone, build an empire. Um, you, you you know my friend George Rosado. Obviously, you hung around him. He lives yeah, in Orlando. Yeah. Fitness IQ. He's literally built his entire business on his phone. The kid never had a computer until recently. And it blows my mind just how much time and effort he can put into a video or an Instagram post with his phone. I mean, he's literally built his entire business. Um, you know, he coaches, he's got supplement sponsors, he's traveling around the world. He's doing all this stuff off of a phone, which nine years ago, smartphones didn't even exist. So who knows what the next nine years are going to bring, but it's just, um, yeah. it's just completely changed the way that we consume information. And uh, for those that, that were smart enough to kind of go with the trend and not bucket, you know, I think a lot of times, you know, us old guys can tend to resist the changes that are happening, but for the ones that already have a big following and then they transition into that, you know, I think they're doing very well. It's the people that have kind of thought, Oh, social media is for old people or, um, it's for the millennials. You know, that's the people that are kind of suffering right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, flexible dieting ball, like tell us about that. And do you see the trend? Like, is it heading? Is it is it there right now with 
I mean, that kind of being the staple of um, diet approaches. I mean, what, 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 talk to us a little bit about that. Where, where are you seeing the trends on, on that side of things? Yeah, the, the flexible dieting trend, the initial one was, okay, you're, you're a meal plan person. Well, that's a terrible decision. You should be doing flexible dieting or, you know, if it fits your macros, meaning you hit you eat whatever the hell you want and hit your macro goals. And so I think anytime there's like a switch like that, the, um, the, the general, the thing that happens is it's like way overboard. So people go, oh, well, I can hit whatever I want. I'm just going to have whey protein and ice cream all day and hit my goals. Well, now I'm kind of seeing the trend swing back the other way where we still want to have a meal plan in place, but we just don't want to eliminate whole food groups or whole macro groups. And so the term now that Dr. Joe and I use when we talk about this is structured flexibility, where we still want to get the bulk of our foods from good whole food sources. You know, good food is still good food. We just don't want to create eating disorders. We don't want to create fear. We don't want to, you know, eliminate things, cravings. Um, And and if, if you understand how to include them, they don't have to be something that you eliminate and then therefore focus on for six months so that when your diet is over, you immediately go out and eat three pizzas, four cheeseburgers and a box of Krispy Kremes and put on the 10 pounds that you work so hard to lose. Um, So I, I think flexible dieting still very much the philosophy that I believe in, but flexible dieting is not a diet. Flexible dieting is just a philosophy of how you should track your diet and eat. And within that structured flexibility is the best approach. Um, hands down. Yeah. And what, what's, what's been the, the negative of things that you have seen in the industry? Um, like, uh, what, what's your worst case scenario client right now that comes to you? Like what, what, what is, how, how is, well, What's just because flexible case? dieting is, is common doesn't mean it's still used. You know, I just had a phone call with a new client today that was given a meal plan and had told the coach, the coaching team, a big t- coaching team out of Florida, had told them that she had a bunch of food intolerances. Well, when she got her peak week plan, guess what was on plan? When she brought up this to the person, to the coaching team, they said, just follow the plan. Um don't argue, blah, blah, blah. Well, they ended up bloating coaching teams to, to provide. And so, a, so you still find yourself teaching? You still find yourself oh having to gosh. teach? Yeah. yeah. That's why I do the structure. videos. That's why I do the videos because yeah. the videos are just my form of getting out information. Mm. Gotcha. Yeah. It's just crazy, man, how, how long something can stay engraved in people. Um, well, but no, the, I ain't. the bodybuilders are so niche, like, you know, you probably, when you worked with me, you probably remember thinking, man, everyone's cutting out water. I probably should be cutting out water. Like it's just so common that you just accept it. Um, yeah. You know, and it's hard to overcome that and it doesn't happen in a year or five years or 10 years. And, you know, literally people have been doing this for like 30, 40 years. So it's still like. It's still a lot of people doing things the wrong way, but I'd say a lot more of them are doing things the right way now, paying attention to that stuff. Yeah. And um, you mentioned, uh, you know, talking, you know, uh, just bringing out these projects through YouTube and stuff. You just started a new project with Lauren uh, called Redefine uh, Healthy, the radio mm-hmm. show. Tell us about that. How did it begin and what's the overall mission with it? Yeah, so when Lauren and I, uh, whenever we get together, she lives near me. Whenever we do videos, 
I, I would always notice that the time when we were talking about the video or after or before the video when we were cracking up and having a laugh, I would say, this is what people would really like to hear, you know, this funny stuff. And so I always would joke about, you know, we should do a podcast. And, you know, it was one of those things that we just kind of would always talk about. And then this year in particular, I think I've done no joke about 30 podcasts myself. And I just started getting people saying, you should do a podcast. You should have your own podcast. You should have your own. And it, and it never really clicked until Lauren and I went to Chicago this year. We went to junior nationals. We were talking to our clients and I think she got a message saying that she should start a podcast and I did. And, and we had a, you know, three hours on the flight to kill. So we just pulled out a notepad and we just started discussing ideas. Like what would the theme of this podcast be? Because there's already so many podcasts out there that discuss this and discuss that. And one thing that um, has happened with me and Lauren is we've kind of evolved from people that were so hyper-focused on fitness and bodybuilding and thinking that's the way should the things should be done, that we've worked with such a, a wide variety of clients. And she did some research in her grad program at USF. She has a master's degree in exercise science. She did research on the flexible dieting versus the rigid dieting. And she found herself understanding better why people need rigid diet, why you need to have a meal plan and constraints. And so we've kind of evolved our thinking over the years. Um, and so that was our idea for the podcast. Well, let's talk about, let's talk about how we can read, like redefine healthy. It doesn't mean the same thing to everybody. You know, you can ask a power lifter what's healthy. You can ask a vegan what's healthy and you can ask a CrossFitter what's healthy. They'll all have a different answer. And so we wanted to, to, to have a platform where we can discuss that, be open-minded, challenge ourselves and thus provide kind of more information for everyone out there because I honestly feel like as crazy as you might think something is, like if you if there's a sport or something that you think is just insane, why would anyone ever do that? If you sit down and talk to someone that is passionate about that, you'll walk away from that and go, oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense now. Um, yeah. And that's kind of that's kind of the heart of it. We're gonna we're gonna have great guests. We're gonna talk about a wide variety of things, but the big overwhelming theme every time is what is your definition of healthy? Mm. That's phenomenal, dude. I, I think it's going to do well, man. And, um, you know, we'll be wrapping up here shortly. I just uh, give us uh, for, for the for the guy out there, man, that is looking to start their coaching business. What piece of advice? What's the one piece of advice that you would give them uh, in, in, in getting that started and in and, and, and going after it? You know, what's that one advice that you would give that individual? Get involved in the community that you want to be involved in. So for me, obviously that was bodybuilding. I, I didn't know it at the time, but I was on the message boards for the bodybuilders. I was going to the bodybuilding shows, talking to the people that I wanted to, you know, that I would end up coaching. I was competing in the competitions. I was involved in the culture and I was taking, taking part in conversations, discussions, asking questions. I think that's what, you know, led Lane to suggest I coach. Had I never asked questions, had I just answered, you know, had I just done my shows and never showed up and never gone to these, um, you know, fitness expos and talked to people, uh, the, the true depth of my passion would never have been apparent. So for those people that are interested, um, you have to go be a part of it. You know, um, you know, yeah, I understand maybe it's your birthday weekend that the Arnold is happening, but if you really want to be a part of the fitness industry, you probably need to go to the, the, three, four or five largest fitness events of the year. 
blossomed and I've gotten to make relationships with people like Dr. Joe Klumzeski, who I consider um, to, to be the father of flexible dieting. He's the father of Peak Week. He's the father of, um, he's literally the father of Pop-Tarts. Like uh, I could tell you stories about Dr. Joe that would blow your mind and people don't even know who he is, but he literally started this whole damn thing. Um, and then, you know, there's other inspirations. You know, I, I get to hang out with people like Eric Helms, who's working on his PhD in Auckland, New Zealand. He's doing some great things out there. So, you know, I got to spend time with him and he influenced me in a big way. And then, you know, even people like Lauren have influenced me, um, you know, being around people um, that do business differently than I do, that do coaching differently than I do, you know, and uh, talking to people like, you know, there's people like Cliff Wilson that are doing things differently. And when people are doing things differently and it challenges the way you do things, it, you know, those are those can be a positive if you if you look at it the right way. So I'm always looking at who's doing what out there, who's doing what the right way, the wrong way. And I'm trying to, um, forge myself, but you know, the biggest influence is definitely Lane, Dr. Joe, um, you know, Eric Helms. And, uh, you know, there's probably some other people. And, and of course the number one would definitely be my dad, you know, just the, just the morals and ethics and the values that he instilled in me at a young age, um, still persist in my life. Yeah. Yeah. What uh, what social media outlets can people find you and connect with you, Paul? My favorite is uh, Instagram and YouTube, um, and it's very easy to find me. Ravella is a very unique name, and all my platforms are Paul Ravella. So, yeah, that's those are going to be the biggest ones. And then my favorite right now, of course, is the new podcast. It's called Redefine Healthy Radio. So that's on iTunes. That's on SoundCloud. That's on uh, um, you know, I have a website. It's redefinehealthyradio.com. Very easy. You can go there and click on it. But um, yeah, that's it. And then, of course, I have the Facebook. I have my Coach Paul Ravella page. I have my Team Pro Physique page. You know, I'm um, figuring out new ways. And then ultimately, if you really want to get in touch with me, prophysique.com is, uh, is, is where I'm at. Perfect, man. And if uh, someone wants to connect with you for coaching services, uh, prophysique.com is where uh, they can find you. Yeah. Training at prophysique.com is the uh, the coaching email. And then uh, if you don't remember that, just go to prophysique.com and there's a contact button that makes it simple. That's awesome, man. Paul, thank yeah, you buddy. so much, man, for, for having us today, uh, for having me today, man, and just letting us dive a little deeper into your life, into the business, into your mindset. You know, and I'm, I'm just so I'm so happy for you, man. The best is yet to come for you, man. And I'm really excited for what's to happen. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, please, you can find all this content and more at johnnysierra.net. Uh, there you can also find and connect on all social media platforms. And uh, can I, again, continue to like and subscribe to Paul, myself, uh, and just the content that will continue to come out. We actually uh, will be running a contest along with this uh, podcast as well. So be on the lookout for that. I think it's going to be pretty cool, really unique, and uh, we'll have a good time with it. So. Paul, man, thank you so much, man. Love you, brother. Appreciate the time. Love you too, buddy. And, uh, we'll be seeing you soon, hopefully. For sure, man. All right, brother. All right, you guys have a good day. Thanks for the uh, thanks for the for the uh, interview. You're welcome, bro. Bye bye. Cheers.